Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. If you weren't here last Wednesday, then you're not going to be like, oh, I don't have any idea what he's talking about. You'll get it because it's kind of, even though they're series, they are can be kind of standalone messages, so uh, you won't be uh, lost. You'll be found. And you could uh, go online and, and uh, view or listen to part one at your leisure uh, on our website or whatever. If you're visiting or viewing online, we're glad that you're with us uh, viewing either tonight or when you're seeing this, and believe the Lord has a, a message for us. Now, <clears throat> I got this title from 1 Kings chapter 3 when Solomon asked God for an understanding heart. And so the word understanding literally means hearing. So what he was asking for is, God, I want to have a hearing heart. One of our greatest needs is to have a hearing heart or a heart that hears from God. Now, I understand that there are a lot of God's people who feel like they hardly ever hear from Him. And part of it, I think, is because of the way some people, and you know, there, I, I guess there are some people who do have, uh, they just hear more. And, uh, you know, people talk about uh, that they have uh, heard the audible voice of God. I believe that God has spoken to people audibly. And so I think he can still do that today. I have never experienced that myself, but uh, I believe that God does that. So, you know, but there, because of the way people say, you know, God spoke to me, God spoke to me, and I know that there are a lot of believers uh, who feel like, well, God, I don't know that he really speaks to me much, and that is a shame. Now, it is a shame because God really does speak to us a lot more than we may give Him credit for. Because He does speak to us through His Word. The most dependable way to hear from God is to open up His Word. He really does speak to us through His Word. He will speak to us through godly teaching and preaching. Wow, that was pretty weak. <laughs> for, for a teacher and a preacher, that can make a guy a little nervous. <laughs> let, let me restate that and, and try to draw some more amens or yes. Or I've got some cheerleaders out there, so, right? If you look around, we, yeah. They, <laughs> anyway. God will speak to us through anointed, godly teaching and preaching. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> he will also speak to us uh, through His Holy Spirit who lives in our hearts. 
in John chapter 16, verse 13 and 14, Jesus is speaking and he says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit would speak and declare things to us. One of those things that he speaks to us is, uh, is written in Romans 8 verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. See, if we will listen, the Holy Spirit will bear witness in our hearts that we really are God's kids, His children. And I say specifically, if we will listen, because I understand that we sometimes... uh, have gotten into the habit of listening to the voice of the accuser, the devil, and he speaks into our minds, tries to speak into our heart, and say things like, well, you're, you're, you're not really saved. Uh, you call yourself a Christian. How can you call yourself a Christian? We can call ourselves Christians because when we asked Jesus to come into our lives, He saved us. And we call ourselves Christian because of His gift to us of eternal life when we repented and asked Him to come into our lives. So when the devil says or lies into your mind and says, how can you call yourselves a Christian? Just say, because of Jesus. We need to learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit confirming in our hearts that we are His. We can cultivate a hearing heart. We can learn to hear in our hearts what God is speaking to us more clearly and in a better way. So last week we talked about God speaking wisdom to us. Tonight, we're going to talk about hearing something that's so important for the day and hour that we are living in, hearing God's peace. If there was ever a time we need to hear God's peace, it's today. We always need to hear that, but in the day and hour that we live in, God help us to hear His peace. And Psalm 85, verse 8 says, I will hear what the Lord will speak, for He will speak peace to His people and to His saints. Now, the way the psalmist phrases this caught my attention. He says, I will hear what the Lord will speak. He will speak peace peace to his people. He willed himself to hear what the Lord was speaking, and God help us tonight to hear him speak peace to us. 
we have to determine to hear what God is saying because there are so many voices that are speaking today. I mean, my gosh, in the media, there are voices like speaking. There are people who are speaking. The devil is speaking. Our own minds are speaking. And so we need to hear what the Lord speaks because so many other voices are speaking anything but peace. And we can learn to have a heart that hears what God is speaking, and He is speaking peace to us. Two weeks ago, Kathy Poole preached an uh, excellent message on peace. Now, when she was preaching, I thought, well, this inspiration for this message I already had. And so uh, I just figured that uh, we need to hear peace more. And so that's why I'm preaching on peace again. So you could call this peace part two. Peace is one of the fundamental messages of the gospel. In Romans chapter 10 verse 15 and Ephesians chapter 6 verse 15, it talks about the gospel as being the gospel of peace. Gospel means good news, and the good news tonight is that through Jesus Christ, we can hear and experience God's peace. Tell yourself, peace. In Luke chapter 2, verse, verse 10 through 14, very familiar, we just came through the Christmas season this portion of Scripture was probably read by most of us, or we heard it during that time. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger, And listen, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The moment Jesus was born, peace was spoken on earth. And saying spoken is saying it lightly. Because really what happened is all of heaven began to shout the message of peace on earth. A multitude of the heavenly voice. The Bible says that it's in Revelation that it's the sound of many waters. It's like a torrent of a waterfall. And this torrent on the day that Jesus was born was heralding peace on earth. Now, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all about peace. They are three in one, and they're all in agreement about peace. God the Father is called the God of peace. 
Jesus is called the Prince of Peace, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit is peace. Now, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 7, speaking prophetically of Jesus, says of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Did you catch that tonight? This was declaring what Jesus would bring, and that is peace that didn't end. Unending peace. One of the things that should characterize our life with God is unending peace. I knew it might get quiet with me saying that because I know that we're, we are reflecting on our lives and our experience and what we may be feeling at the moment. So just hang with me there because I'm going to develop this and I think you're going to feel better in a little bit, okay? <laughs> just before he died, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus left a legacy of peace for us. It was what he bequeathed. This was his uh, uh, heritage for us. Our inheritance, part of our inheritance, we are said to be heirs together of, of, of Christ and, and of the life of God. Part of that heritage, inheritance uh, that he gave to us is peace. And we need to hear it. We need, we need to hear it. We need to hear peace from him. We need to receive it. And then we need to keep it. And I want you to say this with me tonight. I hear his peace. I receive his peace. And I will keep his peace in my heart. Now I want to give you a definition of peace from the New Testament word peace from Strong's Greek Dictionary. The word, the Greek word, the original word was irene. Say irene. There you go. That's peace. Irene. Peace. And it is defined as a state of rest, quietness, and calmness, an absence of strife, tranquility. It generally denotes a perfect well-being. <laughs> now, again, with this definition... I think about myself and I think about us. And so I am not going to ask us the question of how many of us that is a description of our lives right now. We just rest in quietness and calmness and absence of strife and tranquility and general you know I, I I realize I I feel almost convicted here because I sound like I'm mocking this and that's not I'm not mocking peace by God help us but I am kind of toying with us a little bit because sometimes 
this may not absolutely describe what we're sensing at the moment. Somebody can say, Amen. okay, thank you. <clears throat> so I'm not going to ask you if that's your present experience or ask us, but I do want to say this. Jesus paid too great a price for us to live with fear, anxiety, <clears throat> worry, guilt, or condemnation. He paid the price for our peace. In Isaiah 53, verse 5, speaking of him who was to come, who has come and paid this price, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. <clears throat> In Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, And having made peace, through the blood of his cross. Our peace tonight has been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and God's word tells us now that we can have peace with God. <clears throat> so we do not have to be afraid of what God's going to be or what God's going to do to us. Because Jesus took that payment of sin. We don't have to worry. Ooh, God is going to get me. We don't have to be afraid of God getting us if we have asked Christ to forgive us and come into our hearts. We need not be afraid of what God is going to do to us. The judgment was put on Christ. He died and shed his blood in our place. So we do not have to be afraid of what God's going to do to us. We can have confidence of what he's going to do for us because Jesus paid the price for our inheritance. And part of that inheritance is peace. Now, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, and this verse really is expressed well in the Living Bible. <clears throat> it says, we have no fear of someone who loves us perfectly. His perfect love for us eliminates all dread of what he might do to us. <clears throat> if we are afraid, it is for fear of what he might do to us and shows that we are not fully convinced that he really loves us. And I want to declare to us tonight, he really loves us. <laughs> oh, he really loves us. And when we are convinced that he really loves us, then it drives out fear. Tell yourself, no fear. <clears throat> because of Jesus, we have peace. We have peace with God because we are forgiven. We have peace in life because we are forgiven. We know that God is going to take care of us. And again, Psalm 85 and verse 8 says, I will hear what the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. We should have a heart that hears him speaking peace. Peace to us. Tell yourself, peace to me. Now I want to look 
Secondly, at the power of peace. I really like this because it's something that I have never really kind of put together about peace. I, I have preached now, uh, I have been in, in active ministry for 42 years. That's a long time. My gosh, how is that even possible? But it, it happened. I, my first sermon was uh, that I pastored was in, uh, on New Year's Eve 1978. So actually, I have been preaching for more than 42 years. And so it's a long time. And you know, in all that time, those years, I have preached on the peace of God countless times. I like it. I need it. And so I, I've preached on a lot, but I don't know that I have ever referred to peace and power in the same message or talked about peace and the power of God at the same time, or peace and power. You know, my idea of peace is tranquility and calm serenity, and it does and should produce that in our lives. But make no mistake about it tonight, the peace of God is powerful. And look at Romans 16, verse 20. What an incredible verse. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Now, what strikes me about this verse is when it talks about Satan being crushed under our feet, it doesn't say he's going to be crushed under our feet by the Almighty God, or it doesn't word it like uh, the Lord of hosts, uh, or the Lord of angel armies will crush Satan under your feet. What does it say? It says the God of peace uh, shall crush Satan under your feet. Shortly. And tell yourself tonight. Listen. What crushes Satan under our feet is the God of peace or the peace of God. Because Satan attempts to control and manipulate our lives through fear, through worry, through anxiety, through guilt, through condemnation, and so many other things. God's peace isn't passive. It is powerful and it is crushing. It will crush fear in our lives. It will crush condemnation. It will crush guilt. It will crush dis-ease. It will crush unrest, fear, worry. God's peace is powerful. I want you to tell yourself, God's peace is powerful to me. Now, many of you have heard my story. I lived... I got saved just before my 19th birthday, and a lot of my life was lived with anxiety. From the time I was a young child until my, through my teenage years until I got saved, I lived with anxiety a lot of the time, and it shouldn't have been that way. I was raised in a good home. I had a mom and dad that loved me. I had sisters that mostly loved me. 
they really love me now. I, we've kind of got worked those things out. But anyway, <clears throat> in spite of my upbringing, I had all my needs met, but the devil is a thief and a robber. And he stole peace from my life. I lived for years with a gnawing anxiety in, in the, the pit of my stomach. I was a, a really a lot of times a physical sensation of anxiety. And you know, one of the most demonstrable experiences that I had after I got saved was the peace of God coming in on my life. And that anxiety, that, that gnawing anxiety was crushed. God's peace was powerful. Now, I am not saying I've never had a care or worry or uh, any anxiety from that time, but I will tell you this as a testimony, it does not rule my life. Anxiety does not rule my life. There are times that I've, I've gone, and for my own stupidity sometimes, I realize that I've gone for maybe a couple of days with anxiety kind of there and kind of resting and worrying and, and stuff. And then I come to myself. It really is almost, almost like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I don't need to live this way. Jesus bought and paid the price for my peace, and I begin to resist it. And you know, sometimes it takes a, a little strong resistance, but I tell you, it has to to go. And so if you have been anxious and worried, and I know we're living in, in those times where fear and anxiety and worry are almost the norm today as God's people, it should not be our norm. Our norm should be the peace of God in our lives. It's an it's, it's a experience, and it is ours by the blood of Jesus. And so we've got to stand against it. The fear, worry, anxiety. God's peace is powerful. Instead of being controlled and manipulated with fear, we can learn how to allow God's fear-crushing peace to be spoken to us and in our lives and it being our norm. I want God's peace to be my norm, don't you? I want to give you two power words of peace tonight. The first of these is God's peace will guard our hearts. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, very familiar, says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You see, peace is meant to guard us. It it keeps intruders out. The fear, the worry, guilt, condemnation, the what-ifs, all of that stuff. See, these are intruders that talk to us. Fear talks. 
It says you think things are, are up in an upheaval now, just wait until you see what happens. That's fear, talking. Worry will talk. And it says, you know, uh, uh, the, the economy is perilous. Your economy is perilous. And you think you have some difficulties wondering how things are going to uh, meet and how you're going to be able to make ends meet. Uh, worry and worry about our resources and finances, our financial security, all that. Worry, talking. Guilt and condemnation, talk. And say, uh, you know, you you call yourself a Christian. How dare you? How dare us? We dare by the blood of Jesus Christ. But see, all of these things and so many other are intruders trying to rob us of God's peace. Speaking in our heart, resounding in our heart. See, peace is meant to speak. We are meant to hear God's peace. And, you know, this peace is meant to guard our lives. It's meant to lock out these intruders. Now, Cindy and I are here tonight. We have a home on the, on, you know, other side of Kingman all 10, 10 minutes away. But you know what? When we leave our house, we make sure the doors are locked. Before we go to bed at night, we make sure the doors are locked. You know why? To keep intruders out. And if we happen to be at home and intruders do come in, then I have a 9 millimeter just in case. So, in a side point. But... God's peace, thank you. God's peace is meant to guard our hearts, to keep intruders out. And again, it's there somewhere. I will hear what the Lord God will speak, for He will speak peace to His people and to His saints. And again, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, anxious about, don't be anxious about anything. In every situation, pray with thanksgiving and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So here's, here's the key. We want God's peace, don't we? We want to be able to hear His peace. Instead of hearing the constant barrage of all of these intruders trying to speak and, under, and under, undermine and root out and take captive our peace. What we need to hear, we need to hear His peace. And how we hear it better is by, by everything, anything and everything. Listen, anything and any, everything that bothers us, pray about it. Amen. And then thank God that He's got the answer for it. Because he does. That's when he says, and the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your hearts. Keep those intrusive thoughts from captivating our hearts with prayer and thanksgiving. Okay, second power word. I'm going to leave you with this. I've got about five more minutes. Tell me I can handle five more minutes. 
The second power word of peace is rule. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. So here is what God's Word tells us. God's peace should be the law that governs our life. Let or allow it to rule in your hearts. Now, it is just an interesting side note, Philippians 4, where it talks about peace guarding our hearts, and Colossians 3, where it talks about God's peace ruling in our heart. Both of them mention being thankful. And so if we're uh, going to have His peace guard and rule in our hearts, we need to practice more thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus, uh, for meeting my needs. Thank you for being my peace. Thank you for taking care of my future. Thank you that my peace doesn't rely upon circumstances or governments or situations in the world. You are my peace. You rule in my life. And listen, this is what peace is meant to do. Peace is meant, we are meant to allow the peace of God to command us. God has spoken peace into our lives. We are meant to have peace rule in our heart. Rule governs. Rule means commands. And we need to hear the command of peace into our lives. See, the devil, that robber, that thief, tries to command us. He tries to rule us and govern us through fear and doubt and worry and condemnation and guilt. But Jesus, the Prince of Peace, He rules with peace. He governs in our lives with His peace. And we need to hear His peace and let it command our lives. Command us. Peace. Hear the command. Peace. When Jesus rose again from the dead, the first words out of His mouth were, peace to you. We need to receive it tonight. We need to hear it and receive it. Can you say, I receive it? And again, Isaiah 9 and verse 7 says of the increase of His government, His rule, His commanding, and peace, there shall be no end. Yeah, we're meant to have that peace increase. I want peace to increase. Don't you? There'll be no end of His peace. There'll be no unending peace. Through Him we have a promise of unending peace. Peace ruling instead of fear and anxiety and worry. All of these things. And we need to let His peace speak to us. Now tell the Lord, I'm listening, Lord. <laughs> See, I understand that... that Probably all of us, no, no doubt all of us, wrestle with things that compete with our peace. And, you know, we can wonder, if God's peace is so powerful and it's meant to guard and rule so strongly, then why am I wrestling so much? And tonight, again, Philippians 4 says that whatever it is that bothers us, pray with thanksgiving. Colossians 3, 15 and 16 
says, and let or allow the peace of God to rule in your hearts to which you were also were called in one body and be thankful, verse 16, and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. We want His peace to dwell, His peace to live in our hearts richly, then you know what? We need to get more familiar with this word and let His word rule. Let it dwell. Let it live in us. The Word of God live in us. We need to read it. We need to speak it to ourselves. We need to meditate on it. Let it get deep into our hearts and lives. And you know what will happen? We pray about everything with thanksgiving. We allow His peace to rule, thanking God, and let His Word live in us. You know what we'll experience? More and more increasing peace. Now tell the Lord, I want to increase peace. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's bow our heads tonight. God love you. Thank you, Jesus, for your peace. Thank you, Lord, for ministering through the Holy Spirit right now in our midst. Your peace. Thank you, Lord, for paying the price. You, The chastisement for our peace was upon you. You paid for it through your blood. Thank you. We receive. I speak peace to all of your people tonight, to all of us and those that are viewing online. I speak peace into every heart and life through you, Prince of Peace. Rule in our lives. You have commanded peace to us. You have spoken your peace to us. We thank you. We praise you for it. Praise God. Tonight, nobody looking around for a moment. If you've never given your life to Christ, you're away from Him tonight. If you're viewing online, I want to include you in a prayer. But if you're here tonight, you've never accepted Christ, you've been away from Him, and you need His for you, desire His forgiveness. Oh, I tell you, He's got peace for you. Peace uh, from the conflicts of your mind about what you've done and the failures of your past and all of that. Thank God He paid the price for us, not by works of righteousness that we have done, but by His own grace and mercy He has saved us. And tonight, He paid the price for you and me. And you're here, you want to be included in this prayer tonight. Just no one looking around for a moment. Just slip your hand up in acknowledgement of your need for a prayer for this. God bless you. Praise God. You're at home. I want you to pray this with us tonight. If you would all pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. Thank you for forgiving me for all sin coming to live into my heart. And your peace you have given to me. You've spoken it to me. I thank you that your peace will guard my heart. I will learn to pray about everything that bothers me with thanksgiving. I will allow your peace to rule in my life. And I will get into your word so that your word will live in me. Thank you for the peace of God.
through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, Prince of Peace, we thank you. We worship you. We praise you for the power of your peace in our hearts. In your name, amen. Would you give the Lord a big clap offering? Thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your peace. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I just sense the peace of God. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? We can experience increasing and more, more and more peace. Increasing peace. God bless you. We're going to let you go tonight. I just have two more words to speak to you. Peace out. Amen. <laughs>